Today, we'll hear from our guest, Jordan Roper, who shares his insights on creating fulfillment in his life in the music and film industry, as well as his journey navigating anxiety, developing his philanthropic vision, and learning to understand diverse perspectives with both compassion and empathy. Get ready for an enlightening and refreshing conversation with another everyday hero doing his best to create positive ripples in his life and in the lives of others. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Let's continue on with part two with Jordan Roper, the intersection of generosity and anxiety, a guest reflection. Have you been the recipient of those things before? Yes. One specific example, and it was so simple, but I, there was one time in grad school where we, and I just will never forget this. There was one time in grad school where we got this, I had worked really hard the summer before for, for pest control. And I thought, I don't want to go into any more debt than I have to. I'm going to have to go into some debt for grad school, but I want to minimize that. So I went and sold pest control. And and then I had them spread those paychecks throughout the next year instead of giving to me at one lump sum. And so they would just spread it throughout the year. And this one paycheck at the beginning of November was big. And I was like, oh, awesome. And we like paid off some debt and filled up the fridge in the pantry. And then the next paycheck was, I think it was like 20 bucks. No, no. And I was like what and I look back and I'm like I shouldn't have just paid off debt I should have put it out in the savings and I've learned how to like I you know debt paying off debt is important but when you're making almost no money you save it and just do the minimum monthly payments on your debt until you've caught up a lot and have several months saved in your account and all this stuff there's good ways to pay off debt and there's bad ways to pay off debt I was doing it in a bad way and so we have like no money so I got 20 bucks and I'm like I have bills Christmas is coming up and so I remember into December, we had 11 bucks in our account. We made 11 bucks last a week. We bought wow. pasta, some vegetables, and like some sauce and just made that work for a week. It was rough, <laughs> but we made it work for, for a week. And then Christmas was coming up and I was like, I don't know what we're going to do, babe. Like we don't have any food. And then we got the next paycheck and I paid all these, all of our bills. And after we paid the bills, we didn't have money for food. So we like got on our knees and said a prayer. We hadn't talked to anyone about it yet. And literally that night I was getting ready to call the bishop of my church and go, Hey, we're just in a tough spot. Is there a way that we can get some help? 
and someone not and we hadn't told anyone yet and i i don't want to do that i it, I, I hate that you know and so i but someone knocked on our door and they walked in with two grocery baskets filled to the brim with food mm-hmm. and not just food but a full turkey a bunch of ham some steaks some chicken a bunch of eggs a bunch of milk butter like everything we would need and then two 100 gift cards oh wow and we hadn't told anyone about where we were. We were really trying to have faith and figure it out. And it came to the very brink of me being like, we just have to ask someone for help. We have, we have nothing and I can't get a job. I'm in full time in school, you know? And, and they came in and delivered this to us. And, and it was just so sweet. And I just, I just, I was like, we have Christmas now. We can get the kids some toys for Christmas. We did it all at DI and the dollar store, but we did it. <laughs> And we had food, we had, we had family in town, we were able to feed them a nice Christmas dinner. That was giving a man a fish, that was just giving me a fish, but I'm going to catch my own fish, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. And so for me, that was just incredible, like I'll just never forget that someone did that for us in a moment of need. And so just two weeks ago, and I'm not going to mention who it was for, but not to toot my own horn, but to give an example of like opportunities I looked for, there was... A friend of ours that had this tire that they had three tires on their Yukon that were in perfect shape. And then they had one tire that was just hanging on, completely (laughs) bald around the entire tire. They have one bad tire and three good tires. Okay, they obviously are in a spot where they can't afford that fourth tire. So I went, bought that fourth tire, figured out the size, and had it delivered to them anonymously. Well, that was the intent. And then their tire blew... And I heard about it because they called my wife and were like, I'm sorry, we were on our way, but our tire just blew. So I called them and was like, don't pick up another tire. Hold on. And I just wouldn't deliver it to them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was going to do this anonymously. I didn't want you to know it was me, but I don't want you to buy another tire. Here, here's your tire. And they thanked me a lot. They felt awkward. And they're like, you guys didn't have to do that and all this stuff. I just like stuff like that. I, I love stuff where you find something that someone needs. And so you just get it for them. And they don't need to know it was you this time they ended up needing to know because their tire blew. And so I didn't want them to spend money on another tire. But if we can find things that we can do for people that they just need that, like that person needs a new pair of shoes, buy them a new pair of shoes and just do little things like that. And then base philanthropy on how can we find someone a better job? Someone that works 70 hours a week, really hard, but they're only making 15 bucks an hour. If they're dedicated and let's say that they came from a, they're, you know, covered in tattoos. They don't have an education. They grew up in a rough life, but they are really dedicated. It's hard to find a job when you have no education and you're covered in tattoos up to your chin. That's a very specific example of a friend that I had in Southeast Idaho. And I just kept thinking, well, I want to just give him my lawn company. Like he would run it and he would do a good job, yeah. but I, I can't because I couldn't afford it. I needed that income. How cool would it be to be able to say, Here's something that you can run for your family. And it's going to take a lot of freaking work, but you're going to get paid four times as much as you're getting paid now. Yeah. How cool would that be? So it sounds like your why is very much to, to serve and to help that philanthropy that you talked about is a huge one for you. And it's your three loves, spirituality or heavenly father, your family and the music and film. Like if you can incorporate those, really those four highest values, that's really where your where your soul sings, and that's really yeah. when you come alive and you become your best self. Yeah, agreed. 
Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing those stories. Those are really powerful. It actually made me think of so many things that have happened to me, like multiple. You start sharing one story and you think about all these things that had happened. Like my son was in the hospital. Well, I was as well for quite a while. It was just a really rocky pregnancy. So I was in the hospital for New Year's and for Christmas Eve and all these things and just the things that people did. Yeah, I remember you telling us about this. It was just incredible, the service that was rendered and how helpless that I felt that I couldn't be with my family for, I think, total about a month. And then my son was, you know, premature and had his own struggles. And just instead of me looking back and feeling just despair thinking about that, I just like I want to cry every time just thinking about how much people reached out and helped and loved us and just went above and beyond kind of like you're talking about. I love that you, that's important to you. That's amazing. Well, I do have one more question for you, if you are all right with that. Yes. So this one is, how have you improved your mental health and wellness? And what tips or tools help you create that greater wellness balance in your life? Because you mentioned you have a lot of those balls in the air and a lot of things going on. So how do you create that balance? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. So first of all, like I said before, keeping things separate. I'm doing this i'm doing this if i'm doing that i'm doing that and like i try not to combine those as much as i can and that's easier said than done you know there's two or three very simple things that have helped me a lot i was talking with my little sister about it several years ago we had just bought the house we had just bought our the house that we live in now three and a half years ago right in the middle of covid and i was having a really slow time with sales and so i'm like like I got to put in the yard. I got to fill the house with furniture and I'm not selling anything. And then we have this vacation that we had planned for a long time with me, my, my dad and my brothers and some brother-in-laws to go to Alaska and fish, which is amazing. And I was just so stressed, you know, and because I just had all these things come up and we were financially, I had a great job. We were financially okay, but things were slow with sales and I just bought a house. So I was just kind of stressed. So my little sister called me and she was like, are you excited for Alaska? And I was like, yeah, I I am. I'm also just kind of stressed about it, but I'm excited. And she's like, why are you stressed? And I kind of went through the things I just talked about. And she's like, yeah, but you know, sales, like it's a roller coaster. You'll have a great month next month or in two months, you'll have a great month. Like you've been doing sales for years. Like you'll be fine. Things will pick up and then it'll make up for it. And your house, it's not like you had to give away every last penny for your house if you guys are okay and I was like you're right you're right and then we started talking more about like I just feel like even if I was by a campfire around all my friends and family that I loved with a nice hot drink in my hand and you could see all the stars like this really happy place and we're all just having a a, you know a good conversation nothing on our plates beside each other I would just be sitting there and be stressed and she's like oh dude you have anxiety like no I don't like, I'm a happy-go-lucky person. She's like, having anxiety doesn't mean that you have to be sad. Being depressed doesn't mean that you're sad all the time. It, having anxiety can happen to, you know, anxiety happens to very happy, positive people. And I was like, okay, all right, so let's say I have anxiety. Now what? And she was like, well, something that I do that helps me is I think of anxiety as a package being delivered. So in the middle of her day. And this happens to me too. She's like, I'll be in the middle of my day and happy. And then all of a sudden it just changes. And I'm, and I'm anxious and I start getting stressed about stuff when nothing's happened. And I've learned that that's anxiety. 
And if I acknowledge that that's what it is, that doesn't mean it goes away, but knowing that that's what it is helps a lot. So she's like, it's like a postman coming up and dropping off something on my porch and then walking away. And I answer the door and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I know what you are. And you can stay there. I don't want you to stay there forever, but you can be there as long as you need. And then eventually you're going to go away. But that's what you are. And that's, that has helped me a lot. I'll be halfway through a day. I'll be looking forward to a time with our kids where we're, I'm not working that day. And we're, we go out to the trampoline park and come home and have some burgers and watch a movie. And halfway through the day, I'm just stressed, like trying to get everything done. I think about it and I'm okay, why am I stressed? What's going on? Why am I getting anxious? And then there'll be other, same thing. There'll just be times when with Alaska, I didn't want to go to Alaska with waders in the middle of a creek fishing gigantic sockeye salmon in a beautiful country and be stressed. And so I just thought, how can I get my mind around that? And that's, that's helped me a lot. Just thinking when that comes up and I'm feeling anxious, I just think about it like, Oh, that package just landed on my porch and that's what it is. And it's going to be there for a bit, but that's what it is. And almost every time, if I can do that within 15, 20 minutes, it's gone. And I'm feeling much, much better. That just helps me a lot. And then another aspect of it too, is trying to be present. This sounds really silly and simple, but it helps me a lot. At the end of the night, I'm like a delayed gratification guy. So I'll get home, I'll work on getting the kids to bed. And after the kids are in bed, I'll say my prayers before I do anything else. I'll say my personal prayers for the night. And then after I say my prayers, then I'll like, okay, I'm going to take a nice hot shower and just breathe in the steam, put on a song that I like, open the window above the shower to breathe in the fresh, cool night air. I, I always like getting nice smelling shampoo so I can breathe in the smell of the shampoo <laughs> while I'm in the shower. That's my time to just breathe and think, I'm going to go to work tomorrow. I'm going to handle stuff tomorrow. Things are on my calendar for tomorrow. Right now, I've got nothing but me and my wife and the kids are in bed. And like, I've got nothing for an hour or two. And I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to, you know, watch my show or play a game with my wife or read a book or relax or play a game, you know, just anything. But that time at the end of the night is sacred. I take a hot shower, breathe it in, listen to a song and think I'm done with work. I'm done with work. I'm done with work. It's time for me. And that just helps, you know, three things. So keeping my work and, and my different balls that are up in the air separate from each other. Um, acknowledging that when anxiety comes and when I'm, you know, now it's just kind of turned into stress. It used to be anxiety that brought me to an anxiety attack. Now it's just kind of stress because I can like acknowledge what it is. And then three, at the end of each day, have time for myself, just for myself, separate from everything else, center myself and be present. And those things have helped me a lot. I really appreciate you speaking to these things, especially because the majority of my listeners are female, but I do work a lot with not just on the podcast, but clients as well that are men. And I think that often women assume that men are not experiencing as much anxiety as they do because maybe they don't speak to it as much and that you have that awareness to be able to recognize that and name it and own it is so relieving first of all so thank you for that <laughs> just being real yeah. i really appreciate that but also i just want to kind of 
speak to that in other words, those tips that you said, because I think those will help listeners a lot as well. You said you keep those things separate. That's almost like um, compartmentalizing and really just trying to focus on one thing at a time, because if you jumble them together, that overwhelm is so big and it can steamroll you or put you into anyone really into a panic attack or just derail them so they are not able to show up as their best self or even a mediocre self, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then the other aspect of it too is that then when you're alone or when you're like sitting in the chair reading your kids a story or in Alaska fishing or around the campfire with your family, then you're thinking of I'm not being my best self in all of these things. Yeah. You know, you're you're feeling that all those things are lacking. When if you just separate them, they all are just they all just succeed so much better. If it means that I'm working less hours in a week and maybe not doing quite as much music or quite as much solar because I have to separate them, those hours are so much more effective. Yeah. Like for me, I want to be working solar five to six hours a day and that's it. Right. That's my time to work solar. And then the rest of the time is with my family and I know I'm going to be on the phone producing and doing other things like those things are always going on. And then same with music. If I'm doing music, you know, seven, eight hours a day for music if I'm doing music. And then that's it. And then the rest of the time is with my family. And I know I'm going to be on the phone doing other stuff. And like, I just have to separate them. Yeah. Like, and if I'm going to do less hours of each of those throughout the week, keeping them separate, then if I smash them all together, again, more effective. It's right. better. Yeah. And you also mentioned, I love that analogy that you used, or I guess it's your sister like a package being delivered. An analogy that I use that I've talked about is we have anxiety almost like a cold. Sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. So that concept of a package is perfect. Sometimes it shows up, but the best thing to do is to not shove it down and deny it and or catastrophize it like you kind of mentioned, but really to give yourself that validation and just that acknowledgement, that is so key. And I love that you're aware of that and that you mentioned that. And really... Once all is said and done, how you talked about it only takes about 15 minutes often, and then it's gone. Recognizing there is an end in sight, it's going to be okay, and just the skills that you used. And the last thing I wanted to speak to, I love how you talk about the shower and that relaxing time. It's almost like this sacred time, this ritual that you do each night to kind of decompress and to relax and to let go. So powerful. I love that. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, of course. Well, we're coming up on time, but there's a couple last little tiny things I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you're allowed to say, I'm assuming you can, but can you share any of your favorite jobs that you've done or films or commercials or anything that you've really enjoyed and that you would love to do more of so that we can be looking out and seeing what you're you're doing out there? Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, my favorite stuff is the most fulfilling things for me are dramatic narrative stuff. So a story that's being told that has, you know, a beginning, a middle and an end. There's something to where it's just like you would see in a dramatic movie to where there's there's something that's happening that needs to be solved. And at the end, it's solved. And I can score that with music. And I love doing commercials like it's they've been a big blessing, but they're very calculated we're doing this to make money. And then you're figuring out how to get to their, you know, how, how do we make it to where clients will call this company? And I'll do that with my music and with the filming and producing and stuff like that. And I enjoy that. One of my favorite projects I worked on, it was just that romantic comedy 
Um, it was a one called Love and Focus. So I'd say everyone to look for Love and Focus. It'll be on Peacock and a couple other streaming services in the next couple months. The Love and Focus is just a good old cheesy romantic comedy. You know, yeah. like a, a girl goes up in, in a cabin and gets stuck up in this cabin with this other guy that she used to, that just drove her crazy and they obviously fall in love and, and they're stuck up in a cabin. And then when they get out, they have to realize, oh, well, how do we make our lives work together and just the classic stuff. And it was fun because it was pretty simple. I needed to hit something where it was like, okay, the audience needs to just be washed over with happy-go-lucky, fun, romantic, over-the-top type of music. Mm-hmm. And that's fun to write. But the other aspect of it was it was challenging because it was, I have to keep it that mood, even when sometimes things on the screen aren't that, right. which was a challenge. I had to like figure out how do I keep it happy on the screen even when someone's stressed out, because this is a romantic comedy. I don't want to make it heavy. Right. And I love something like that. Like, that was fun. And then another, one of my all-time favorites is just writing things for live symphony and music, where someone can go and sit in an audience and listen to something I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, those are when I get very, I actually like the heavier, dramatic stuff. There was this piece I wrote called My Name is Mitka about a Holocaust survivor, and the piece features a violin and it has a very Jewish sound and you can tell when you hear it, it's about something very heavy and very sad, but it takes you on this journey. And at the end, it has this very hopeful feel right before it ends. It has a very hopeful feel where it's uplifting, but then it ends on this kind of like mysterious, sad note. And I love stuff like that too, because those things are real and they they've happened and things are still happening and people need our help. And this is real. I started a, a nonprofit called Artists Against Human Trafficking with two other women. And we meet once a week and talk about what can we do as artists to get other artists involved to talk about human trafficking and child trafficking and how we can help prevent that. And that stuff means a lot to me too. Those projects, I might, you know, I'll be producing or writing music for something about that. And that's going to be heavy, but it brings so much fulfillment, you know? Um, and then there's another, there's a, a uh, short film um, that I'm really, really excited about. People don't really get to watch short films very often, but it's a short film that I'm helping produce and write any music for. And it's coming out. We're actually filming it in Montana in the next, in, in about three weeks we're filming it. It's this short film coming out about a guy that's stuck in a time loop up in the mountains. And it's going to be really cool. And part of the reason I'm not saying the name is because they might change it by the end. And I don't want people looking for the wrong thing, but maybe I can post on your website or something saying, here's a short film or something oh, yeah, like that. Absolutely. Just let me know. Cause but, yeah. we are like a month ahead. So in a month, this will be aired and I can add that to the show notes. So yeah, just let me know. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you. I love, I love hearing about the things you're passionate about. This is kind of cheesy, but as you were talking, I was like, hmm, I wonder what my theme song would be. Or like, <laughs> like everybody has their own individual kind of dramatic story song. Maybe you'll be doing that. Yeah, no, totally. If you ever saw The Holiday, there's that part where Jack Black writes the song for Kate. Kate uh, Winslet's character and then the other character. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's like so perfect. I've always wanted to say, here's what I think of you with the theme. <laughs> so that does make me laugh. Oh, I love that. But we're out of time, but I did briefly want to mention, we had a really good conversation. We went on a group date to The Sound of Freedom. And just having that conversation with you about how you approached other people in the industry that had different political views and how you were very respectful and how you chose to address that in a way that was 
just beautiful the way that you spoke to it. And I really appreciate that wisdom and that willingness to seek to understand and to make change that way, because that is really the only way that we can change. And I I know we don't have a lot of time, maybe just in a few sentences. Do you want to speak to that at all? Because I really appreciated the things that you shared with me in that conversation. No, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you know, with Sound of Freedom, uh, you know, a film about the sex slave trade with children, something that is as ugly as it gets. Yeah. It's not quite half, but let's just say half and half. Half the political spectrum is, oh, Tim Ballard is becoming this white savior. And, oh, they're trying to make Hollywood look like it's a conspiracy and, and that this goes on in Hollywood. And, oh, they're, they're trying to, it, it, this ultra-conservative QAnon thing. And, and there's just all this stuff. And then the other half is like, this is real. We need to support this. This is ugly. This is the most important thing that we need to be focusing on right now. And almost having zero acknowledgement of what the other side's concerns are. Right. You know, and, and there's this thing going on. And I know there was this film critic that I was speaking to that was saying, the quote he said was, you know, when the Barbie movie was out, how people were going to be against the Barbie movie. Like the, the group of people that love Sound of Freedom will be the ones that would hate the Barbie movie. And so I messaged him separately from that. And basically what I try to do with people is I, I want to think, okay, I'm just guessing that they're not pro-sex slave trade. I'm just going to make that assumption, you know? Mm-hmm. And most, I would like to think that the vast majority of human beings are not that. Um, I would really hope that that's true. Right. And so I just try to approach them and say, look, like I, I want to understand what makes you have negative things to say about something like this when it's such a real current issue that's ugly. And oftentimes I get points back that I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of that. Oh, I haven't thought of that. Oh, that makes sense. And I don't want to go into a lot of specific points. There's just things that they'll talk about that I'm like, okay, that's a good point. However, wouldn't you still think that they're doing more good than bad? And they always say like, yes, that's probably true. Where it's like, okay, then don't you think that there's a better way to go about this other than slamming them or not supporting them or saying, how can, you know, how can so many funds be going towards Operation Underground Railroad when there's this and this and this that need to be funded? Like, is that the right way to do it? Like, I don't think so because it's a very real issue. And so it's the same thing with something as complicated and complex as abortion. You'll have one side that's anyone that that aborts is is a murderer and wants to kill human beings and should go to hell and then the other side it's not a human being and so it doesn't matter and you have these completely polarized views and coming at either side with that viewpoint isn't going to do anything we have to be able to look at it and say okay what is it about abortion or the sex slave trade or something like that that's a very complicated heavy hard issue why do you think the way that you think and hear them out and say okay here's why i think the way that i think and have them hear you out, hopefully, and then discuss, is there a way to have a healthy compromise or meet in the middle in a healthy way? And if we just think, no, this is black and white, no, like nothing but this, nothing but this, it's it doesn't solve anything. And so just approaching someone and saying, hey, I look at this very different than you do, but I really do want to understand and be respectful. Can you explain why you view it this way? And just hear them out. Yeah. Just that simple thing goes so far as opposed to here's why you're wrong here's why you're wrong here's why you're wrong that is so powerful yeah and if more people would do that just imagine the ripples that would be spread 
and that's why I love that conversation with you. It's just so powerful. And you seeking to understand and approaching it in this way where you are hearing them, like you're talking about, how hearts soften and real dialogue is able to happen. Kind of like in my counseling sessions, when they don't really know my political views, they're very much open. You can empathize and have a better understanding without that lens of judgment that often happens. It sounds like you found that you found a way to do that on your own. And I, I love that about you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying very hard. And it's been especially difficult with this subject, because it's something that I'm so passionate about that I'm like, I don't want to be a QAnon conspiracy theorist, but I also want to support this cause. Like, you know, like, where do you meet? It's very important to do that. So no, I appreciate that. And apparently, you did find some sort of middle ground, because you're doing that nonprofit. And there's, there's things that you're doing to try to improve your life and the lives around you. And again, just props to you for doing that. And just a quick recap on the things that you talked about, the seeking to understand anxiety, really what makes your soul sing, and that philanthropy, that charity that you care about, all of those things and really moving from just surviving into a life where you are thriving and living more intentionally. I love what you shared with us today. And I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to do so. I know you are, like you said, quite busy. Thank you for that. Of course. No, thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's always fun meeting with you guys. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It definitely is. Well, we'll have to have you back on in the future and kind of see what other kinds of things you're dabbling in and the projects you have going on and how your journey is going with paying it forward and creating that life that has helped you become your best self. That would be wonderful. I'd love nothing more. Awesome. Well, you take care and we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Kendra. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.